0: Welcome to the Market Sell Win Podcast. Today, we are very lucky to have with us John Nicolau. He is a regional major account executive at ZLand Partners, a technology consulting firm which he started back in 2002. John has spent most of his 30-year career as an entrepreneur, consultant, and sales professional. In our four-part interview, John will talk about his career trajectory, his process for relationship building his process for quickly identifying sales opportunities, and his process for using and interpreting body language in a sales meeting. In this first segment, we'll focus on John's career path, the skills that he's found to be most important from a professional perspective, and the impact that mentors have had in shaping his career. John, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Jules, appreciate it.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Um, So part of what we're trying to do with our show for our audience, um, who are primarily sales and marketing professionals, is show them that there's not necessarily a direct path for our careers. I think over our careers, experiences build upon each other, and they start to create a path forward that hadn't been there previously, and that's okay. Okay. So in your case, um, I think what makes you interesting is that you've worn multiple hats of being on the sales side, uh, an IT consultant, a business owner, often at the same time. So can you share with us the path and the steps that you've taken to get where you are in your career?
1: Sure. And I, I think you encapsulated things pretty accurately. Um, I, I think there's some publications out in the world today that say the graduate of today's colleges will have somewhere between what, seven and 10 different career stops on their career journey. And and frankly, I'm not really that different. So um, initially, I, I in college, I had a technical background as my major and not sure what I would do. And through some mentors and folks that looked out for me, um, I was able to garner an internship at one of the largest companies in the world, then Standard Oil, now BP Amico. And when the first opportunity presented itself, it was in the internal consulting division, something I had never done, but was willing to learn. And I think that's one of the things that I was able to garner from my undergraduate education was a, a process on how to learn. So I spent uh, about four or five years in internal consulting at Amico, which really educated me on the consultative sales process, which, frankly, I I really had never had any experience with before. Um, Due to some of the things going on at Amico at the time, another opportunity presented itself uh, with AT&T right when they were around divestiture in the mid-80s and uh, there was a lot of chaos going on at AT AT&T at the time, and I was young and felt, you know, let's take on the world. So there there was a financial position available, which really wasn't my forte, but I thought it was a foot in the door to a company that was growing and changing, coming from a regulated monopoly to a a competitive company, and lo and behold, after about a year in that financial role or financial analysis role, an opportunity opened up, in the sales department, and ironically, the client was Amico, mm-hmm. a company I had just left a year previous to that. So it, it's turned out to be a very suitable and good fit for me to fall back into a sales or consultative role with AT&T at that time, and I spent the next four years um, on the Amico National Account Team for AT&T Communications. During that period, uh, I, don't, I don't think too many companies do this anymore, but um, AT and T was gracious enough to help support me in my uh, endeavors for a graduate school education. So during the late '80s, you had to get your ticket punched, you know, an MBA ticket punched, which I did, and AT and T was kind enough to help pay for that. But I also focused on marketing in my in my concentration uh, during my MBA uh, education series, so that helped enhance my learning and my education as to marketing, sales, etc. Um, I hung around at t for about, as I said, four or five years, but I think after about eight or nine years in the Fortune 100, uh, that entrepreneurial bug that my dad planted so many years ago for he was an entrepreneur kind of... that was an itch I had to scratch. So uh, an opportunity presented itself for me to work with my father in a more entrepreneurial small business, Uh, but his goal was to have me take the knowledge I learned at those two very large companies, and sometimes you learn a lot of positive things, and sometimes you learn things that aren't so positive. So I tried to take the good that I learned in that nine-year experience and help layer that into what my dad had done for so many years, so we worked as manufacturers reps for about, about 10 years together. And I learned a whole different set of sales skills because I was selling to a whole different area and clientele going from the enterprise down to the small and medium business user. But I was able to take some of those things I learned uh, from the Fortune 100 and parlay those into successful traits in the SMB market. Worked with my dad for about uh, 10 years, that industry began to change, and he was looking to retire, and frankly, I just didn't see much opportunity going forward in that area, so I got back into consulting in the late 90s uh, for a mid mid-sized IT consulting firm that had a, um, a, a very uh, Microsoft-centric uh, practice area. So since I had some technical background in the past, I was able to combine some of those experiences, have some success with this uh, uh, mid-sized consulting firm, but being after being there for a number of years, that entrepreneurial bug was pretty, pretty strong, and again, that itch I had to scratch. So with a couple of my uh, business colleagues at that firm, we decided to leave and start our own firm in 2002. Again, focusing on the SMB marketplace and providing IT consulting services to that, to that market here in Chicagoland. Um, during that same time period, another business colleague, uh, was looking to start his own firm. So we lent a hand in him doing that around 2006 and then we merged our companies in 2012 just because we had reached a point where we, we needed the help from each other. Um, so in 2012, we, we formed, a joint venture. We took that uh, company, grew it to about 25 people. And then early last year um, we were purchased by Sharp Business Systems. They, they had seen what we were doing and the success we were enjoying in that consulting space. They realized that, um, selling multifunction printers and LED commercial displays was probably not where the future was. Um, And we're looking to get in managed services and consulting services. They saw our relationship and our success with Microsoft. So rather than try and do it themselves, they acquired us in March of 2018. And we've been continuing that journey since that time, spreading that, IT consultative sales process to the various sharp branches around the United States, so it's giving us a much larger footprint and exposing us to more talent and giving us an opportunity to help our class clients, not only here in Chicago, but across the country as well. So, I tried to make that as brief as possible, but that's a the Cliff Notes version of my journey over the last thirty-five plus years.
0: Well, thank you so much. I think that's uh, that's an interesting journey. You know, you said a couple of things that struck a chord with me, and that was um, getting your foot in the door with AT&T, not necessarily in sales, but in the finance area. And I think that that's true, that sometimes we end up taking opportunities or going down a path that we're like, huh, this isn't exactly where I thought I would be, but I know I'm going to learn something from it. <laughs> and
1: Well, the, the term I like to use is I'd rather be inside the tent looking out than on the <laughs> outside looking in. And, and when this opportunity presented itself and with the chaos surrounding divestiture – being young and somewhat naive, I guess I thought I saw that as opportunity, and that 's why I took advantage of that, even though i didn 't have a lot of experience in the financial world. I had some technical experience and figured, okay, I can leverage my technical experience with some of my business experience i 've already learned, and I can somehow you know take the proverbial lemons and make lemonade out of them but by the, by being by virtue of being on the inside of that tent when the next sales opportunity presented itself ironically it was with a company I used to work for and I chuckle and I tell people this story when I started going back to the Amico building, which is now the Aon Center here in Chicago. Um, the security guards just thought I had been transferred (laughs) for a number of months because they'd been used to seeing me come in, you know, when I worked there for four or five years that when I was gone for just a year, they figured, Oh, he was transferred. Now he's coming back. So, and, and plus, all the contacts I had developed, while I worked in Amico, ended up a lot of them being my clients when I started selling it. So I, I became a known quantity, or I was a known quantity. I wasn't a stranger coming in to sell within that environment because I knew, uh, to a great extent, how the business worked. So that was a, a nice advantage for me.
0: Nice, and you know, and who knew, right? I mean, that that was that no. an unexpected Never. surprise
1: yeah never did i think that was going to happen in a million years
0: but part of it was probably that attitude that you had about a willingness of, of learning you know taking on new things that you may not feel comfortable with but it's like well let let me give this a shot and take what it take from it what i can and apply it down the road elsewhere absolutely so um you you talked a little bit about mentors early on from your college days and the internship. So have there been other mentors throughout your career that have had an impact?
1: Um, Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that I've carried with me uh, to this very day. So um, a brief example, the initial mentor who had opened the door for me for this internship opportunity at Amico happened to be a fellow college alum, 10 years my senior and I had met him at an alumni function, and his career path um, uh, impressed me. He had a similar major in college, and had gone on to a Big Ten University to get his MBA, and then had been at Amico, and, then, and retired from Amico just a number of years ago. And there was just something about his career path that spoke to me, so when I was approaching graduation, and looking for, in those days, you know, I didn't even know what the term internship meant, I took a chance and reached out to him and he was open to my conversation and was willing to help open a door for me. Two things he taught me. Number one, um, all he could do was open the door. I had to walk through it. And the second thing he taught me was when I was so grateful to him and thankful to him for opening that door, he said, John, don't thank me, go do this for other people. And that's something I've held near and dear for all these years since that time. And to this very day, I try to do the same thing for others in terms of networking, open doors, etc. And ironically, he and I stay in touch uh, 38 years later. We still stay in touch via email cards, etc. but you talk about, or you asked about other mentors. Um, It's been relatively Easy, I, I'll use air quotes on that for me to find mentors to God provide guidance for me. My father was, was a great mentor to me in terms of his business knowledge and just his, 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 his knowledge of people and interpreting people and, and, and things of that nature. So he was a great mentor watch by his example. And subsequent to that, I've also identified a couple other folks that just, you know, you click with them when you meet them and you just know that there's something there that, that connects the two of you and I still have one or two of those folks in my circle of friends and business colleagues to this day that I do not hesitate to pick up the phone and give a call or send an email saying, Hey, can we get together for lunch? I want to run something by you just to make sure that I'm thinking straight on an idea. But by the same token, I'm, I'm finding myself becoming that to others, but I'm, I'm able to do that because of what I learned from those that, that I've had as mentors. I hope that answers your
0: question. No, it does, and and I, I I feel the same way personally. I've reached a point in my in my life that I'm like I, I can help others, and and I, and it's because I was fortunate enough to have mentors throughout my career that were that kind of sounding board. Um, outside of my normal, you know, work environment. And it was like a safe zone to bounce ideas off of and learn from their experience. So yeah, I think, um, and I think maybe that's the message to some of our audience is that it's okay to ask. I mean, if you find somebody that you do click with, um, I think it's fair to ask them if if they could be a mentor or somebody that you could reach out to and, you know, share ideas with and get their perspectives.
1: You know, I would add that when, when you're younger, you know, things are very, at least in my perception is things are very black and white and as you age or gain maturity, hopefully you gain some wisdom and experience along the way. So oftentimes, you know, I, I think I'll have the right idea or ideas of how I want to approach a situation, but I'm, I'm not too proud or feel that I know too much that I can't contact somebody I trust and bounce ideas off of that person. And oftentimes, It's my wife and she's not even remotely related to the industry that I deal with. She's in the healthcare field, but there's a common sense about her that I can run an idea by her and say, you know, am I thinking of this thing straight? Am I thinking of this thing logically is does this make sense? Um, You know, it doesn't have to overcomplicate or overthink it. So I'm, I'm not afraid. And I think age and wisdom gives you that, that lack of fear to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That, that is one of the benefits of age. So um, how about just a real quick, when you think about your career, maybe the top three skills that you have found to be most valuable as you have grown over the years?
1: Good question. And it could be soft um, skills.
0: It could, because I find, you know, so much of this is about people, but um, anything yeah. that comes to mind.
1: Well, um, something that immediately comes to mind is something, again, I learned from the best mentor I ever had was my father <laughs> and I mean some of these old adages, you know, you just, you can't mess with them cause they, they make so much sense. Um, always tell the truth. So if you always tell the truth, you don't have to worry about what fib you told before because right. you're only telling the truth. And, um, that helps. I feel that helps me be incredibly transparent when I'm dealing with a client um and um the soft skill aspect of that to me is um and maybe it's dna but i i don't have a problem walking into a room of strangers and finding a way to strike up a conversation that's i realize that's not easy for a lot of people but that's to me that might be dna and it also could be a learned skill um also too, when i've been doing this as long as i've been doing it um, there's a certain initial, uh, uh, inertia or flywheel to what happens in our business. And what I mean by that is when you've built a business over a number of years, 99.9% of my new business comes from referrals. So because I've built this network, this flywheel, I like to call it, and I stole that from a mentor, uh, just kind of has a life of its own. And it self-generates opportunities. That doesn't mean that the opportunity is going to be successful or that there's going to be a fit, but at least it opens the door. And the reason I bring that up is, is it permits me to use the most valuable resource we have, my time, wisely. And what I mean by that is when I, when I get a referral and this has happened to me last week from another client, that's a warm lead. And that got me in the door and it started the conversation. But I also could tell having doing, having been doing this for a while, the client's posture, the look of their environment, the activity in their environment. Do we have a fit here? Not only personality wise, but do we have a fit here? That you know the skills and 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 uh, strategies and talent that my team brings to a client, potential client, will there be a fit? So I learn things like you know, is the phone ringing a lot, or are, are people running around? Is there a lot of activity? You know, to, to tell me there's a viable business opportunity here. Because one of the things I try to do for both parties, me and the prospective client, is to get to know and know as quickly as possible for the benefit of both of us. The the end result of any meeting I have with a prospective client or an existing client is, should we continue the conversation? And if we should, great, there's a potential fit. If not, let's not waste each other's time. So to me, there's a lot of soft cues in terms of how does the client respond? Um, Am I listening? Am I paying attention to what they're saying? Am I taking good notes? Am I asking good questions to draw out from them a potential fit? I'm always looking for the fit. And if I see it, let's keep the conversation going. If I don't, no harm, no foul, but let's close the conversation as nicely diplomatically and quickly as possible so I can help them move on to a better fit and and I can move on to a better opportunity.
0: Excellent. Excellent insights. Thank you. Well, this has been really great. I, um, I think our audience can appreciate just hearing a real world story. You know, I mean, everybody's path is different, but sometimes it's nice to hear other people's paths to either kind of validate that, hmm, yeah, I've experienced that too. I guess I'm not alone or, you know, present some ideas. So thank you so much for joining us today, John.
1: No, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you as well. Thank you very much.